to be in John chapter 5, John chapter 5 and verse 2 today, and uh, I'm excited. I, my guy over here is excited. He, he looks excited, right? You excited, buddy? Yeah, he's excited. And uh, so John chapter 5 and verse 2, John chapter 5 verse 2, while you're searching or scrolling there, trying to get there, we're going to have it on the screen as well. But I do want to say thank you to Pastor Paul and Robin for sharing the message last week. Um, Y'all did amazing. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's so awesome to have people that, uh, that, that to, to come and, and to share because it gets me anxious as well. And uh, I can't wait to be up for the next week. So thank you for, for doing that. And then also, before we read John chapter 5, um, I do want to reiterate what Janice said. Team night is tonight, 4 o'clock. Um, listen, there are people, some of you are sitting in here because of the faithfulness of our dream team, our volunteers. And so uh, the way that this message of hope works is that, like, it doesn't just stop with you. But it's your opportunity to create that environment for other people. And so we'd love for you to, to come out again uh, four to six. You can currently be on the Dream Team. Or if you want to uh, see what it's all about to be part of the Dream Team, we think it's, uh, we think it's amazing. And so, um, yeah, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. If you are not there yet, we will pray for you because <laughs> that was a long time. <laughs> John chapter 5. Here it is. Now they're in Jerusalem by the sheep gate of Pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, uh, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, 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 invalids. I lost my space, my place. In these lay a multitude of invalids. Blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. My God. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Verse 7, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. We'll talk about that uh, towards the end. When the water is stirred. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed, and he walked. I will drink to that. This morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you from the subject, invalid no more. Invalid no more. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to, to come together and to worship you as a community, God. Uh, I pray, uh, Father, for the next couple moments together, Lord, that this message that you placed in my heart, God, that it would come forth in clarity. It would come forth in boldness, God. Uh, we know that according to your word, that your word is as only as good as our heart. And so, God, we pray uh, for our heart right now. God, that, uh, that it would uh, receive what you want it to receive. God, we want to uh, leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. So, God, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said amen, amen. Hey, do we have any uh, Coke people in here? The drink. <laughs> the drink. Come on. <laughs> Uh, the poor guy back there was like, oh, trick question. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're welcome here. Um, and so I'm just so like any soda drinkers, like Coca-Cola, like yeah, yeah, okay. How many Pepsi drinkers? Awesome Pepsi, yes. So um, so I, I used to like when I was young. And when I was just a, a young lad, um, I used to drink regular soda. Um, but now as I've, I, as I've gotten older, um, I don't drink regular soda anymore. I drink uh, diet soda. Come on. Because I refuse to drink my calories, y'all. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so, so, so I now drink, I don't drink diet actually. I drink zeros, right? Like Coke Zero, uh, any zero drinkers in here? Yeah, come on. How many diet? Like, y'all just like that diet. Yeah, we'll pray for you too. Because um, <laughs> we think it tastes fake. And so, uh, uh, so Coke Zero. Anyway, so, so I don't, like, when I was younger, um, I didn't really understand the taste difference between Diet Coke and, and regular Coke. And before I, uh, before I, before I worked uh, in the ministry, I waited tables, and I, and I loved waiting tables. Any waiters, servers in the, in the building, nobody, awesome, one person, yeah, here we go, represent, come on. And, uh, and so I used, to, uh, I used to wait tables at a place that I will not tell the name um, of it, but uh, it was a great pizza place, um, and it was a shack, and, um, and if you're not local, you're like, what is he talking about? So I worked as a server. I got to focus because my time. Uh, like I worked as a server. And, um, and, and so I went to a table and I was like, what, what, can, you know, like, what can I get you to drink? And they said, can I please get a diet, a diet Pepsi? Because uh, this place specifically just serves Pepsi. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And so I go over, I um, go to the little machine and I, I push the little button in the Diet Pepsi comes out into the cup, and I bring it to them, and they drink it, and they said, they wave me down. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't wave down your servers, because we just spit in your food afterwards. <laughs> I'm kidding. Come on, God. Oh, man, it's judging hard right now. <laughs> Woo. And so, so they flag me over, and, I'll go, and, and, they're, and they're like, sir, uh, this is not Diet Pepsi. This is regular Pepsi. And I'm like, I drink it. I'm like, no, it's not. No, I didn't do that. But I'm like, okay, I'll go check because I'm pretty sure I read the label that said doc or a diet Pepsi. And, um, and, and that's where it came from. So I went over there and I did it again. I brought the cup to the table. And uh, again, this person was like, sir, uh, that, that's uh, not diet Pepsi. At this point, I'm getting frustrated, and so I go back to the fountain machine, and I pour myself a cup, and I taste it, and I was like, it's not Diet Pepsi. So then I go over, for those of you that know, like, soda comes in, like, boxes of syrup, right? And so I go over, and I look at the hose, and the hose is connected to a box of syrup that is regular Pepsi, y'all. I kill. I could have killed the person if they were diabetic, right? Like this. My gosh. And so the 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 box of syrup, what was coming out, was not diet Pepsi, but it was regular Pepsi. John, why are you telling me about Pepsi? I don't care. Here's what I'm trying to get at. Is I was I was basing something that was on the inside off of false information that was on the outside. 
Come on. What what was on the inside was regular syrup, but because what I read on the label said diet, I assumed it was diet. And so this morning, here's kind of the big idea, is that I want us to to, to understand and and I want us to, to get to this place where we understand the power of labels. Because what I don't want to happen is to us is for us to begin to believe the labels that have been placed on our lives when it has nothing to do with what's inside and what, what God has placed on the inside. Are you with me this morning? And so this morning we're, we're, we're talking about labels. Because if I'm not careful, I will allow the labels that I've received on the outside to define what God has placed on the inside. And that's dangerous because, watch this, labels have the power to set the trajectory of your life. Labels have the power to steer you in the direction that God never intended you to go, if we're not careful. Labels are powerful because labels affect the way that I see myself, but it also affects that way that I see everything else. So if I'm not careful, the labels that, I've, that have been placed over my life will, 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 set, will change the way that I see me and the way that I see everything else. Now, in this room, we have, I think that there's two different types of people in here. There's one group of people in here, and y'all, like, majority of your life, you have gotten positive labels placed over your life. The, the duration of your life, like, people have been like, oh, you're the best. You're amazing. By the way, I actually think the foundation of what you expect and, and, and receive, is it really starts with the parents. Like, I think it starts in the home. And so for some of us, like, we receive great labels from our parents. Like, you're amazing. You're kind. You can do anything. Keep going. You're, I love you. Right? Like these labels. And we're like walking around and, and these labels that our parents give us, we, I think those begin to define like the people that we hang out with at school. And so if mom and dad, if they're, 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 they're labeling us with positive labels, man, when I go to school and someone starts to put a negative label on me, I'm like, wait, hold a second. This is not, this is different. And so then I go to school, and and I surround myself with people that are like, hey, you're amazing. You're kind. And then that leads into relationships. And I get into a relationship where people are like, hey, you're you're so good. You're so handsome. Come on. (laughs) I hate when you guys laugh when I say I'm handsome. Like, I get so insecure, you have no idea. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Oh, hey. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Come on, Queen Bay. Woo! <laughs> hey, come on. Jesus, come back. Come back. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, um, so, these, some, some of us in this room, like, we've experienced positive labels. Like, more so than not, like we got labels on our life that are positive. But then I also think there are people in this room like who we don't understand those people with the positive labels because all we've received were negative labels. 
And so it starts from home. And so maybe from home, like your parents never affirmed anything that you did. They never said you're good, you're always bad. You're always a failure. You can't, and all of a sudden, like, well, we get these labels on our life. And then we go to school, and, and because, like, labels set the trajectory of how I see myself, but everyone else as well, I begin to find people that I'm familiar with of labels that I received from home. And so now I'm surrounded with people who are, like, putting negative labels on me. You're such a loser. You're so ugly. But, like, I'm no, it's normal. That's all I know. And then I jump into a relationship. I find a guy or a girl that, 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 that is not really the best and always talking down on me, and I'm getting labels from them. And then that leads into marriage. I start marrying someone who, who has that, but it's because I'm used to it. I begin to, because labels set the trajectory of how I see myself and how I see everything else. And after a while, man, like these labels, they begin to accumulate, don't they? Pretty soon, like, we begin to look like my friend over here with just labels everywhere. And I hear them, and it goes in my brain, and then it comes down to my heart. That's when it gets dangerous. When, because in here, I'm hearing it, I'm thinking it, but when it gets down here, I'm believing it. And so, so these labels, they, 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 become to, they, they begin to affect me and they begin to, to just like set the trajectory of where I'm going. And, and as these labels accumulate, we go through life and we try our very best to, 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 to believe that these labels are, are false, to, to believe that these labels don't affect us. And so we do things like we try to cover up our labels. We, like, we, we try to cover, cover them up. We, we're like, uh, we're like, we try to, our best to cover them up, and we're like, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, hey, my name's John. I'm not insecure. <laughs> we try our best to cover them up, and, and we're like, we're, I'm not dumb. I'm smart. And we're like, that's what it looks like, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm covered. It's good. I'm not dumb. And we do our best to try to cover up these labels. But if you've done this as long as I have, trying to just cover up our labels, what you realize is that eventually, like, you begin to believe these labels. And you, you start to disassociate yourself with certain people because you start saying things like, uh, I don't deserve them. I don't deserve that. Like, why do, you start saying things like, why do I always fill in the blank? I don't belong here. And, and we begin to say these things and, and these external labels, if we are not careful, they begin to dictate what we're feeling inside. And it pulls us away from, from people that, that we should be around. And, and that's bad, right? Like that's, we don't want that. But here's the worst part about labels. Is that if we are not careful, the labels that have caused me to pull away from the right people will eventually cause me to pull away from God. Because all of a sudden I'm like, how can a loving God love someone like me? My own mama couldn't love me. My own dad walked out on me. 
Like, how can a loving God love someone who is an addict, who doesn't have, like, is a mistake, is stupid, is a drunk, is a joke? Like, how can a God like that love someone like me? And then all of a sudden, man, we come to church, and we're like, God, I just want to have an encounter with you. And then all of a sudden, we're in worship, and we're like, but do you really want to encounter me? Like some of us, we can't lift our hands because we feel like God is judging us for doing that. We're like, I can't lift my hands like I'm so, I got all these labels. And this is actually what we see in the story of John chapter 5, I believe. And so we're going to look at that real quick and then, uh, and then we'll be done and I'll see everyone at team night. So in John chapter 5, verse 3, we read this. In these colonnades lay a multitude of, help me out again, invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Check this out. Invalids. I looked up the word invalid. And it means someone who is weak or disabled because of an illness. And so it says invalid, but I'm going to call it invalid. Because I think that was the label that culture was putting on these people. They're like, these people over here, they're sick, they're messed up, they're weak, they can't, labeled invalid. And so what we read in this verse 3 is a multitude of invalids. People who, who culture, who society was like, Man, like these guys, let's label them all. And they're all just chilling in this colonnade. And, and what, we, what we read is, is that um, they were there in this place because they, they, they heard of this, this, this uh, pool called Bethesda. And they heard about uh, an angel that every now and again would come down and this angel would stir the water. And the first person in the pool, their label would be removed. They would be healed. And so whatever time it was, like these people, these invalids, these labels of an invalid, they're all hanging out at this pool. They're all focused on when that current is starting to change. They're focused. I find it very interesting that that these the, these people that 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 are that are these these that are labeled invalid how desperate they are to have their label removed i could almost guarantee that for us that are sitting here this morning that the labels that you've carried all your life man you just want them removed like i don't I don't want to carry these things anymore. And so here, here is uh, the, the story, these, this multitude of labeled invalid people, deemed invalid by culture because of their weakness, of their disease. And we read in verse 5, it says this. One man was there who had been an invalid, I know the right word, but it's invalid, one man was there 
who had been invalid, who have been, had been labeled invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and he knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. So within this multitude of people that have been labeled invalid, the story, the narrator goes to this one guy who had been labeled invalid for 38 years. Come on, some of you in here, you've been carrying your labels of invalidness. I could have just made that word up. I don't know. (laughs) Carry the label of invalidness for 38 years. And what's interesting to me is that Jesus, 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 Jesus goes to this guy and he's like, do you want to be healed? And rather than responding yes, the guy gives an excuse of why he can't. And and I wonder if it's because he is so accustomed, so used to that label that he began to lose hope in the fact that, man, maybe, just maybe, I can be healed. Maybe, just maybe, this label can be removed from my life. And so I wonder if there's someone in here this morning, you've been carrying the labels for so long that you got to the place where you're like, man, I don't even think God can fix me. I don't even think God can heal me. Like, I'm just carrying this, but I want you to know this morning Jesus is here. And he's asking you, do you want to be healed? Do you want this label to be removed from your life? And so here, Jesus, he sees this guy that's been carrying this label for 38 years. And he goes up to the guy and he's like, do you want to be healed? And the guy is like, uh, I can't. Every single time I try, every single time I try to jump into the pool, notice he's not even focused on Jesus. He's, he's focused on something else. Every time I jump into the pool, someone beats me to it. I, I find it interesting that, that his, he believes his answer to healing has nothing to do with Jesus but something with something else. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? He's like, I would like to be healed, but every time I do, every time I try to go in that pool, when the angel's like, woo, like someone else jumps in before me. I want to. I would love to. But I can't. He carried his label for so long. That eventually, watch this, eventually his label became his reality. How many of us sitting in here this morning watching online, like you've carried it for so long, your labels have become your reality? And so this morning, if that in fact is you, I have great news. Because you don't have to stay that way. And we're going to look at verse 6. Because I think in verse 6, shares a lot. 
And it says this, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? So in verse 6, what we see, and this is very important, is that Jesus pursued him. Notice in, in verse 6, it, it says, and I can get the keys to come up too. In, in verse 6, notice that it says that Jesus saw him and pursued him. Jesus pursued him. Jesus, the miracle worker, is smack down in the center of all of these people that have been labeled invalid. Sitting smack down and with, with all these invalid labeled people. And no one went to Jesus. But it says that Jesus saw him and approached him. Talk to him. Jesus saw him, and that that got me thinking. Like, why? Like, why? Why? Why was it that Jesus pursued these guys? And so I have a couple reasons, and and then we'll be done. The first reason is this: because uh, Jesus pursued the guy. Uh, because uh, these, these, these people who were labeled, they sought healing from someone else. See, Jesus is here. He's like, he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to heal. But because everybody was focused on the pool, I think they missed out on Jesus. How many times have we looked to other things, other people to fix our labels And we're so focused on my boyfriend fixing me. We're so focused on my girlfriend fixing me that that I'm just like right here. And Jesus is like, yo, I'm right here. And and we're over here. Man, my spouse will fix me. Woo. That joint will fix me. That alcohol will fix me. That bump will fix me. Like whatever it is. And we're focused on this thing. And Jesus is like, man, but I'm here. I'm right here. Can you just please focus on me? Come on. Jesus is standing in the midst of people that are labeled invalid, and their focus is on something else. Friends, can I encourage you this morning to focus, to shift your eyes towards the one person that I believe can change your life. And so, so I think they sought healing from somewhere else. But the second reason why I think no one pursued Jesus, and I alluded to this earlier, is that their labels brought them shame. Their labels brought them shame. That I wonder if I wonder if someone did see Jesus there. I don't know. But I wonder if someone did see Jesus standing there. And they were like, 
And they saw Jesus. But they're like, but look at me. I'm a mess. Look at me. What can Jesus do in my life? So messed up. I've been through so much stuff. How can Jesus fix someone like me? How can Jesus fix me? Because I've tried to fix myself. I had friends that tried to fix me. I tried to cover them up. Some of them I tried to, to rip off. And I'm like, man, maybe, maybe if I just take it, take it off and I'm removing my face too. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm trying to, like, I'm like, I don't want to be a failure. Like, I don't want to be an addict. So I'm just, um, I don't want to be a bad parent. So I'm just going to try to. God, I, and, and so like we do, like we try to get people to help us or we try to do it ourselves. And we try to cover it up. And we're like, well, maybe, maybe if I can cover these things up, Jesus will love me. Maybe if I remove, maybe Jesus will love me if I can. But here's the problem. When I remove the labels myself, I'm not the same. When I try to do it on my own strength, when I try to take the labels that my parents placed on me, that my teachers placed on me, and I try to, try to remove it myself. Man, I think I look good. I think I look normal. But really, do I? I'm like, Jesus, like, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to have these labels, Jesus, so that I can approach you. But here's the amazing love of Jesus. Is that he pursued you with all of your labels. And then now it's like, oh man, like what am I going to do now? Jesus, like I'm messed up, man. Like I got silver popping out. <laughs> like it's not normal. <laughs> what do I do now? And we're like, okay, I got it. I got it. Jesus, fix me. Jesus, repair me. Woo, that's it. Jesus, I need you to repair me. I need you to fix me. Here's the problem. He doesn't want to fix you. He doesn't want to repair you. He, he doesn't want to, like, cover this up. Here's the beauty, and then I'm closing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Jesus is not trying to repair you. 
He's not trying to repaint you. He's not trying to glue you back together. He has no interest in restoration. He said, the old things have passed. He said, behold, I have made you new in Christ Jesus. And so he's not fixing me. Come on, he's making me new. He's making me new. He's not repairing me. He's not trying to fix me. He said, in Christ Jesus, behold, you are made new. Friends, you are not your labels. You are not the labels that people have placed on your life. You are not the labels that your parents have placed on your life. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and that's the only label you need. Come on, somebody.